Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Nope. Nope. (laughs) It's always fun to say. Um, Remember, listeners, there will be plenty of spoilers in this one. Um, Well, particularly this one. As normal. Yeah. But it is well worth watching before you have any idea what on earth is going on. So if you do get a chance to go and see it at the cinema before listening to this episode, absolutely recommend. Obviously, if you're desperate to hear our dulcet tones, then we'll try not to ruin too much for you and you can enjoy the film just as much, I'm sure. Um, We're actually recording this early today. Um, Well, not early in the day but earlier before this episode's release, because I'm going off on holiday again. Again. mm, um, We actually told a little white lie in the end of the last episode as well. We said we were doing this recording straight after the other one, but we didn't because we... I know, yeah. We didn't feel peppy enough, did we? No. After one. Mm. Yeah. And we could have carried on the illusion, but I don't think my conscience could have taken it, so we've come clean to you. Um... Yeah. It also benefits delaying the release of this one, I think. So a few more people have had the chance to see Nope before we really spoil it. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Um, I agree. So before we get into Nope, shall we... Um, do some trailers. Do some trailers as usual. Yeah, we've actually... In trailer... Trash or treasure. treasure. We need to get like a smoother intro to that. Like bit, a jingle. It's mm. <gasps> a good idea. Mm, it is, isn't it? I know. Well, dear listeners, <laughs> we've actually got a good treat for you this week. So we've got two trailers. Yes, there's two reasons we've got two. Go on. Last episode, you had a go at me because I'd already seen the trailer. <gasps> Have you not seen either of these? I've seen one of them. Okay. But not the other. Right. And the other reason, I just thought, because we're only covering one film, let's do two trailers. Yeah? Yeah. So, the first one is the one I've not seen, (laughs) which is called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. It's apparently going on Apple TV, so it won't... It might get a limited cinema release, but it won't be like a thingy. Uh, Oh, yeah. See, I saw Apple TV, and I thought you might have put, like, a trailer for a TV show in there. Well, I think it's a film. I don't know, truthfully. Ooh, okay. But um, it's got Zac Efron in, mm-hmm. and I also picked it because it's about beer, and you like beer. Oh, you thought of me. I know, and with it being your birthday episode, let's see a film trailer about beer. Oh. I know. 
me, sweetie. Oh, before we get into it, by the way, because Ned's going away without me. I'm not bitter. Don't worry. Um, Tell your face. <laughs> um, he's opened his presents today, and one of which was Gears on Film merch. Well... Oh, I know. <laughs> he's got me a little pair of mugs with our, our podcast artwork on the front. They look so cute. And they actually... You couldn't show you what they were going to look look like so i just uploaded the, the file thinking like oh i hope this hasn't gone grainy but luckily our graphics are very nice and sharp and crisp top quality yeah um so yeah they look great so when we live together we'll be sat with our gaze on film mugs maybe when we're recording sometimes maybe we'll do a bit of a photo shoot with them after we've won some awards yeah yeah, very much so. Right, let's let's stop yeah. rambling. Stop wittering on. It's not about us. It's about I the mean, films. It, it is about it us. It is about us. Um, we'll get to the first trailer, which is the greatest beer run in the world, is it, ever? Oh, close. Something? The greatest beer run ever. See, I don't know. I've not watched it as you wanted me to. So, see you on the other side, listeners. Twinkle, twinkle. So when we pressed play on that mm. and I told you I had not seen it, I had no idea that it was going to be set around the Vietnam War. No, quite the surprise. So the premise looks like this guy takes a load of beers to his mates who are fighting in the Vietnam War. Yeah, based on a true story. Which but I'm, in, I'm glad of, I was very glad of. It didn't have me until it said that because I thought, I mean, it was likely that it was going to be a true story because... Why would you just come up with that? that? Yeah. yeah. But when it that's when it got me because I thought, otherwise this is like a bit stupid. This is a film that I think were it made 15, 20, 25 years ago would probably be super offensive. So I'm hoping that because it's not made 15, 20, 25 years ago, it's not going to be super offensive. It does look like it could appeal to... Quite conservative audience, especially in America, because a lot of the language in it says, like, um, what do they say? I want to show them that someone's still behind them, mm. as in the American army. You know, it's mm. quite like a, they were in the right, which I guess history shows that the Vietnam War was a massive waste of time, resources and lives. So, mm. but it looks good. Zac Efron... Looks good. I like when he... I do think Zac Efron is capable of quite, like, stronger drama acting. I just don't think he's ever been really given much of a shot to do it. Um, but and he's got a moustache like you. That's one of the first things he said. Could have been you. Looks like you. You'll have to run off to Ukraine and drop them beers off. Oh, I don't know if I'll do that. No. Um, but yeah, it looks all right. I wouldn't say I was blown away by it. I'm expecting a three star film. Oh yeah. Um, as long as it's tastefully done. Yeah. Like, you do tread a fine line when you try and make a wartime comedy. I think, particularly something as contentious as the Vietnam War. Yeah, you do. So, so we'll I'm intrigued. Yeah. That's what we'd say, shall we? I'm going to approach with an open mind. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to leave it at that, I think. Yeah. Out on the 30th of September. 
Um, it did say in theatres, which I'm sure it will yeah. be in some smaller theatres. Normally, Apple TV shows get uh, films go into like every man's and stuff. Right. Um, I, that Academy Award winning director Peter Farrelly. 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 I can't. I want to know who what he won an award for. Can you can you do a quick Google for me? I can go as fast as I can type. I'll just talk. I fill the dead air. Go on. Hang on, we've got it, we've got it, we've got it. Green Book, right. That was another film that won the Academy Awards, but a lot of stuff uh, came out and it was quite... had quite a... It was criticised for some of the tone of it and some of the story. Something else I've just noticed... He did. There's something about Mary. Which you think. <gasps> That's weird because you literally watched that not long ago and said that if that came out now, that is so offensive and watching it back, it's offensive. I had to turn it off. Yeah. Because within the first sort of half an hour, 40 minutes, it made fun of at least six different disabilities and chucked a few gay jokes in for good measure. And I just thought, this is very punching down. This, yeah, and I don't think punching down humor what a weird really filmography. Something about Mary, two Dumber and Dumber films, and then Green Book. I'm yeah. sure there might have been other films that just kind of show in the the highlight, like yeah. what they would deem as highlights. <laughs> the Google algorithm, I mean, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good cast: Bill Murray, Zac Efron, Russell Crowe. Who else did I spot? Um, I don't know. Only one I. Noticed was Zac Efron, to be honest. Well, no, Bill Murray and Russell Crowe. Yeah. Well, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was... I'm going to go with treasure, but not like a shiny treasure. Yeah. Like filler treasure. Filler. You know, like in a treasure chest... Oh, the, I'm picturing, the sparkly bit. Yeah, I'm picturing lots of really expensive-looking jewels yeah. and a shitload of gold coins. Yeah. If you're going to put this in treasure, it's probably one of the shitload of gold coins. Yeah. Rather than the standout sparkly jewels. Uh-huh. Just to really milk that metaphor, metaphor for all yeah, it's worth. I like that. Okay, well, with that, we've got another tra- uh, trailer to come up. Yes, so this one I have seen, and it's and I just wanted to put in it's a short trailer because Sky, it's a Sky TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see your reaction to it. Um, do you know anything about the name This England? Uh, no, my mind went to This Is England, but I doubt no. it's connected to that. Well, let's just get it on, and we'll see you guys on the other side. Let's get it on. Get it on. Bang and go. Right, come on, let's go. Cool. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute trash. So, trying to say what it is. Yeah, it is Boris Johnson's time in office by the looks of it. I think it's a very specific time in Pandemic. office. Pandemic. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh as Boris Johnson. It's something I never want to really see. It looks good, but I personally don't think there's enough distance from the pandemic for them to dramatise this the way they have. You know? No. I think people are still, like, 
not mainly now, but there's, you know, there's still quite a bit of trauma, like collective trauma from the pandemic. And I just think, yeah, yeah it'll be a good story. But the thing is, I think I love politics. So I would, I've called it trash, but I will watch that because I just find any of it addictive in a way. But the, with the news cycle these days, you see it constantly. Hmm. And I think because with COVID, we were always glued to the news. Like every bit of that I felt like I'd already seen, which I know I have, but even the bits behind the scenes, hmm. I felt like I'd already heard or seen about it all because it's been in everything. Yeah. Um, Rishi Sunak, whoever's playing him, looks the spit and double. And Carrie Simmons. Carrie, I thought it was her. Yeah. When they were sat on that boat, I thought, oh my God. Um, I hope it's more than just a soapy look at what happened pre-pandemic and leading into COVID. What do you want it to be? A bit more of a a character study of our current Prime Minister. You don't not, think, not for much longer. You don't but think that's what it'll be? It looks like... I feel like that's the only thing it can it be. It looks like a knockoff version of The Crown. It doesn't I... look very expensively made. See, I thought The Crown meets The Windsors. I've not seen The Windsors. It's very silly. Like, extra parody of the royal family. Yeah. Um, and they all kind of look similar enough that you'd know who they're playing, but in crap costume. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind it almost of looks how like they've cast this. A live action remake of like Spitting Image. Yeah. And yeah, I'm dying to hear Kenneth Branagh's voice a bit in a bit more of like longer sentences. Yeah. I'm dying to hear that, but I will watch it. When's this one out? September. September. And I think Sky shows normally are only, and they said it was a mini series. It might only be about four, three, four to six episodes. I think I could commit to I that. I can commit to that, but we've already. It was not going to be like, oh my god, the new episode's on. We need to watch it today. I'll just dip in and out when I need, when I want to. I might even just wait till they're all there yeah. and then just binge it. Yeah. If I get a day. I'm sure it'll get a lot of people talking as well. Yeah. So, did you call it trash or treasure? I might put it in treasure. My God. Only because I've watched it and it's rare for a TV show to make me want to watch it. Yeah. And I do want to watch it, so. Yeah. It's doing what the trailer needs to do, which... Is that what your, your like, thing is with TV then? Easy and accessible TV, nothing too arduous, nothing too long in episode length. Um, and the amount. Hard to say, really. Because I watched House of the Dragons first episode yesterday and loved it, and you were adamant you're not going to watch it, and I just find that so. That's so upsetting. What's that? Who's that? I want to want that. I want to that's watch so it. Upsetting. Was that Cheryl Cole? I don't anyway. Know. Um, yeah. But I've wanted to watch Game of Thrones and I've got three and a half seasons in about five times and I just, I've lost interest. Yeah. I just can't keep up with it and I can't be asked starting something and having yet another thing that I'll never finish. I'll give you a Feels tip like for this. A... And the audience, if anyone else is in your 
But mm. when so I watched the West Wing and I'm still on it and there's seven seasons of that and there's about twenty two episodes a season. So when I saw That's it, I thought, Oh my god, I'm never gonna watch that. But what I did is I just <laughs> and this to do at work, I broke everything down into manageable chunks. <laughs> and I thought, right, well I can watch one season and then I can dip out for a few months. I can watch another season and dip out again. So I can't even last a season there on oh, those well, things. I can't help you with you know that. What I mean, like, yeah. TV just doesn't grab me. Oh, I just love long form storytelling uh, yeah, like no, that, though. It's not that I don't appreciate the storytelling. I love the depth. I love how much you get to know and love the characters. But I don't like in real life having things that I haven't finished yet because it just it stresses me out. So I like watching a film because I can do it. Tick it off. Think about it. Maybe watch it again if I want to. Yeah. But I've done it. Where? You know what I mean? It's just TV is such a big commitment. Yeah. So before we move on to Nope, um, just a quick reminder that the links for those two trailers are in the show notes. So you can kind of like watch along or if you've not heard of them, thought, oh, I quite fancy checking that out. They're in the show notes, aren't they? Yes, we've even, yeah, we've saved you a job in typing it into YouTube. Just click the link. Just yes. click the link. Yeah. Um, right, let's move on to Nope. Nope. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, I've got lots of notes for this one, so let me just put them up on my phone. Would you like to start with your notes, or shall I start with the notes and the talking points? You sound like you're itching to go. I am itching, because I adored this film so much. Go on, then. Like, I just want to start with a couple of points. The originality on this film is off the charts. In a world where all we get very much, especially in cinemas these days, is sequels, reboots, legacy sequels now with everything, uh, you know, IP. And I'm not complaining about that. If a sequel's a good film, it's a good film. I don't mind. But it was just... You had no idea what it was going to be about, really. The trailers didn't give hardly anything away at all. Um, and it slowly unravels itself. It doesn't get into the plot 
you know, straight away, you're thinking, what is, you think it's about aliens just because of what the marketing and other bits, but, and it, but it takes its time to get to that point. Oh, yeah, it's not in any rush to like get anywhere. Like, it opens with a scene that Hang you on. think, yeah. what the hell connection has that got to the film? Little spoiler here for those of you oh, the, who There's going to be warnings. so much spoilers in this. So The first scene started and finished, and I thought it was one of them things that movie studios sometimes do. Like when Pixar put little short yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. thought it was one of them, I was like, that's a bit weird. Um, yeah, because it didn't even have like it a, didn't have a any title context. card or anything. No. It was just straight in. So the opening scene is a um, like a behind the scenes of when they were filming a sitcom called Gordy's Home. Gordy's House. House something. Oh. Well, basically like a, a, a sequel that they used this chimp to to kind of it's like a family sitcom with a chimp as a as a child. Yeah. Um, and the chimp just goes off it. Absolutely. Um, violently. Yeah. Violently attacks all the other cast, I think. Members of the audience, yeah, by it, the looks of it. It's just an absolute... It's a shocking opening scene and very horror and sets the tone and you think, oh, what's this going to be? <laughs> I thought I was here to watch an alien yeah, film. really, really just... I always remember how Us started, and I know, just to mention this is a Jordan Peele film, um, Us started with, it was a really long title card of him just zooming in on a load of rabbits with the, like some ominous music over the top. Mm. And, it, it, and he's almost got this kind of... The connection is there once you get further into the film and when you understand what you think the meaning is of the film. Yeah. But... It's just so clever. So, so clever. I honestly adore... There's, I'm gonna get, I'll get to my star rating right at the end because it did lose me slightly <gasps> towards the end. Slightly towards the end. I think I know what point you got lost at. Well, I'm going to get to that when we get to the end. Yeah, I, I feel like we I need to approach this one talk through this film, Yeah, in a chronological way. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, so we get to that and then we get to, we're on a ranch. Um, this film as all of Jordan, Jordan Peele's films kind of has like a connection to black American history. So Mm -hmm. the first ever motion picture was, um, a black man on the horse. Yeah. Um, so they... We've got Daniel Kaluuya. I never know how to say that. Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yeah, character who. Oh, oh no! I've, we've totally skipped ahead. Hang on, rewind, rewind. We the ranch was right. Mm-hmm. What I didn't talk about is his dad is alive at this point. So yeah. once we've had the title card, he, they're on him and his dad are on the ranch. The power goes out. Things start falling out of the sky, and his dad is killed by a falling coin. So you think it's one of those. It's one of those where it proper gets you because obviously, when things start falling out of the sky, your reaction is to look up, and it's his 
looking up that is his demise, isn't it? Because the coin lands straight in his eye. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to get... Which will be a point further on as we get... Oh, honestly, this film is so clever. I feel it unravels like... so much. It's like... If we want to step through this film, we're going to have to make some jumps because... We... Oh, we are. Otherwise, we we're going to we sneak will. into I just don't hours. want to get right to the end straight yeah. away. So, yeah. There's this brother and sister. They're running this... Um, what would you say they are? The so company they for are, use horses in films. They're animal trainers That's in the Hollywood. That's looking for, yeah. So they're the ones that look after the animals that Hollywood uses in its films, essentially. Um, and obviously following the shocking death of their dad, it falls to... Oh, what's his name now? Daniel Coyle's character. Oh, I don't know his dad's name. He wasn't in it very no, long. No, not his dad. His name. Oh, d- OJ. OJ. Because there was that really funny joke. That woman was like, she was like, your name's OJ. And wasn't that like, was that like a micro, I don't know why I'm putting American accent on. Is that like a microaggression? He didn't have an American accent. Did I not? <laughs> I felt like it. No. It was a bit of a microaggression though, wasn't it? It was one of those things where because it's a... Black man called OJ. A white lady asking a black man why he's called OJ. Yeah. Probably, yes. It's just them subtle little hints in the oh, script. It's so, so well clever. written. Like, it is phenomenally well written. Like, mm-hmm. So there's some bits where... I We always try to spot these in films where there's something placed early on in a script. Yeah. To plant a seed. Plant a seed, which you don't think... come back oh, yeah, later. I don't necessarily have to remember that, but when it comes to it later, you think, oh, I can see why he did that. Mm. So there was quite a few bits. So... Is there a name for that? As, there a, must as be. a device? There must be. So there's a bit... So I don't know how to go in and out of this film because it's, it's so complicated, but there's like a... Next to the ranch, there's like a theme park where, because they are struggling with their, with their business, OJ keeps selling some horses, and it's run by a guy called, the actor is called Stephen Yun from, I recognise him from The Walking Dead. His character yeah. is called... He's called Dupe. Dupe. So, yeah. he runs that, that, I mean, you wouldn't really call it a theme park, would you? Well, I guess It's one like, of those. Like it's a Western, like, it's like... set up like an old-timey Western town, and yeah. it's got, like, things you pay some small change for, and it... Yeah. Like, hook-a-duck-type fairground games, I guess. So there's a bit in the well where people can put a coin in and look down the well and take a picture. Yeah. So that bit is highlighted right at the beginning, and you think, oh, why have they put so much time on that? And then it's revealed at the end that... Kiki Palmer's character, M, uses that well to finally get a picture of the aliens above her. Which, by the way, we've only just brought in Kiki Palmer, who sets, uh, lifts the mood, I think, because obviously um, Kaluuya is quite brooding, quite serious, and a bit sort of moody. It was almost like mute quite a lot in this film it was all very like... much not wanting to be the center of attention no, it's very like not wanting to be kind of the one in the room um like all of his acting was very yeah. eyes it was all yeah. in the face which yeah. is obviously good acting because um and by contrast kiki palmer 
um, his sister, is full of energy, very kind of passionate about the things that she loves to do, um, and always offers a little bit of comic relief. She did offer, she had that, yes, she did, it was like, when the script, when it got quite heavy, she always kind of... Happy to land a punchline. Yeah, yeah. So, going back to Stephen Young's character, June, yeah. there's a payoff as well, where turns out he was the one of the cast members who was at that when Gordy, the chimp, went yeah. mad. He, was, he, the, was, he was a young boy. By the, by the impression I got is that he was the only one that got out unscathed. Yeah. Yeah, so, and the monkey fist-bumped him. Or went to fist-bump Went him. to fist-bump him before it was shot. Before animal control got in there. Yeah. So there was that kind of payoff that, you know, it was there in the first scene and then you realise he is the young boy yeah. who was there. Um, and then there was one that you mentioned, so... Right at the beginning, one of the horses on the set of a film is spooked by a mirror. Yeah. And you said, I didn't really spot this one, but you said it's that same mirror was then used for training to avoid the aliens later. Yeah, so... The reason this particular horse needed selling to a dupe at the amusement park was because it got spooked on set. And it got spooked on set by a particular tool they were using. And later in the film, when they're coming, they realise the value of the horses in kind of tackling this great foe that is this alien we've not yet met. Um, he makes a version of this tool to train the horse. Yeah. So that was another one. Yeah. So, yeah, I've just literally wrote so many things about this film. So yeah. it's a very sit-forward film. You know, you, you're intrigued. Oh, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. Yeah, I mean, we really did see cleverly. it in IMAX as well. and the, the, Where the seats do keep you sitting Yeah, they forward. do, but it was also, the sound was very loud and it really and it just, you were just in it. It cleverly manages to use sound both at its loudest and it's most silent and somehow you're on the edge of your seat at yeah. both extremes and throughout yeah it's really really clever um, i love the name nope because it is it, there's a game where you can play that some cinephiles play it's like take a shot when the the name of, of the, the film. film is said in the film. Yeah. You'd have been a bit wasted at the end because they did say it quite a few times. And I loved how it was kind of referring to when you're watching a horror film and you're scared of things, you're like, nope, nope. no, no. Like, it was very that. And or like, if you need to do something it, that you really don't want to, so you're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just so clever. Um Jordan Peele, like, when it comes up and says, you know, written, directed, produced, I'm like, my God, you are so good. Like, oh, yeah. how can you do Get Out, Us, and then this? Like, what a run. Oh, it was of, just... Of I, and film. it feels like Get Out and Us were, like, laying the foundations for this 
as like a pinnacle of recent cinema like you've said before it's not often anymore that we get such a massive film that is truly original and I just thought that it was fantastic to watch like no predictability yeah to be seen no um everything felt like a massive curveball and you were really invested in all of the key characters which often doesn't often happen for me no. anymore usually no. there's a few that I'm like oh, can't really be asked with you but no I really yeah even the guy the, the tech salesman that shows up with the um the cameras to help them look at the the UFO yeah. like Brandon Oh Pereira. so should we should we talk a bit about the alien yes before yeah let's do it go on so it so turns out that uh around the sort of hills surrounding this ranch um they start to see a flying thing presuming it's a ufo yeah, I mean, they call it a UFO because by definition it is an unidentified flying object. So yeah. um, that seems fine. Then they realise there is... Oh, then they go to an electronics store and buy a load of CCTV. Um, and a guy called Angel helps them install it. Um, and as the film kind of transpires, he becomes um, quite a key character. Uh, on the CCTV, they manage through kind of watching it in time lapse to notice that a cloud does not move at all. Oh, I forgot about the cloud. Yeah. There's so much in the So film. much. So the cloud, I think, is... They, they somehow deduce that the cloud is part of like a camouflage type thing. And this UFO actually is not a spaceship. It's an animal. Yeah. So it's like it itself is an alien, not an alien driving a spaceship. Um, and, and there's it's all like sorts of sentient, kind of time. Isn't it? Yeah, it like it knows. Yeah. Things like and it it it's a predatory territorial creature. Um, that seems to have laid claim to kind of the ranch and its surrounding areas. So how the characters tie into this, um, obviously um, OJ and Emerald um, and Angel are all kind of obsessed with catching it on camera. Um, their motivation is to get the kind of the money shot um, because obviously the, the horse training business is in decline. Um, and they could do with that so that's why they get invested in it um, Stephen Yun's character running the theme park he makes a lot of money off of the spectacle of essentially feeding the UFO mm -hmm. um, and turning that into a, a show that people will pay money to come and see um, and there's one other key character whose name is is Holst. He's a filmmaker. 
um, a renowned cinematographer, apparently played by Michael Wincott. Can I just say, though, as well, Mm. I love that it's got Hollywood in the film. Oh, a film about filmmaking. Yeah. 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 Very meta. Yeah. Yeah. And how he was a bit cynical and jaded. The cinematographer's like, oh, I'm not doing that. It sounds like a load of rubbish. And then once he actually hears a bit more about it, he's on it. And absolutely then kind of Properly wants to take what he films away from the people that have actually brought him that. Which is like a comment on Hollywood, you know. You hear about, I don't know, you could say people that come up with a character. Like recently there's been a bit of stuff about who the people that created Miss Marvel have been paid like hardly anything. Oh. And now Disney and Marvel have gone and made a full TV show integrated yeah. into the end. So they had that kind of, Oh, God, there's so many layers. It's Just like literally... people get so lost in the art, they forget whose is whose as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how the four key characters, I think, become intertwined. Um through their kind of shared shared but differing obsession with this UFO. Yeah. Oh, can I just take a talk about something? Yeah. That's just a point on its own that doesn't need to be then added on. But there was a shot in this film mm. that I feel like I noticed and I feel like it wasn't an accident. So OJ is inside a barn and there's it's got it's a wooden barn and there's a fence around it. No, no, it's just a wooden barn, but between the wooden bits, you can see through it. Especially with how this film played with light. Yeah, there's gaps between, between the timber that make. That's the wall. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you can see a horse on the other side, and this horse runs and jumps. And honestly, I would love to know if this was on purpose. I'm sure it must have been, but the way it went. And what, the way you could see the horse moving looks exactly like that first frame of yeah, a film. Yeah. And I need to know if that was a thing. It like, definitely desperately. was. It, it definitely was. was. And if, like, that's the level of ingenuity I'm talking Especially, who was the cinematographer the on this? Like, I don't, because um, it was, uh, Oil Van, I think he's worked Quito with Daniel. Van I think he's worked with Daniel Q. Could just click on his uh, Wikipedia page. Yeah, I mean, he's done some pretty good films. Dunkirk, Spectre, Interstellar. Ooh, Oppenheimer next year. Nope. So, yeah, you know, done a few decent films. But there was, oh, God, it was just so inventive. And I just wanted to comment on that shot before I forgot because it was just, yeah, on another level. Yes. On another level. Um, I liked the use of, I want to call them the floppy things, but I don't know what they're Oh, called. what are they called? Those, the you'll know, you'll like... know, listeners, they are the things that are outside, like, car sales places, and you turn them on, and it's a big fan that yeah. blows, like, a waving person with arms and, and an army like bright colored look like sausages so basically they were used quite a bit as like a a, a, a thing but then when the alien was above yeah. somewhere the power went off 
but quite localized. So it was literally if it's right above you, you could like off, step but, into the yeah, power like, you know, off like zone. when you see those videos of a rain, like rain starting. Yeah, it was very much like yeah. that. So they were used that they kind of deflated when the power went off, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, use of a it was device as it we was, called it. Um, oh. What's I gonna say, man? No idea. No, it. No, I know what it was. Um, I loved how because those things are really silly. Yeah, they are very silly and very funny. Yeah, and somehow they formed such an integral, integral and terrifying aspect of this film that I think only somebody like Jordan Peele could pull off, and it not be a caricature of itself. Yeah. It made total sense why they chose them things. And it made total sense that they had about 400 dotted around. Yeah. And nobody could make something not look funny like that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was really good. It was good. really good. Um, oh, just, I just, I don't... Do so, you want to talk about some moral of the story type? Yeah. So let me just touch on, before we get to that, yeah. why it lost me a little bit. So... It lost me slightly towards the end just because the alien changes form and I don't, there was something about it just went on a bit long and then the way it ended and Dan OJ was fine, that it, it almost went, and I mean this in the best way possible, slightly cliche at the end after such originality. Like, such originality for me. Did you think? Just the way she turned around. Oh, he's alive. I was like, oh, of course he's alive. Like, it just... Slightly. Just slightly. I so, didn't think he would have died then, though. No, it was just the way it was like, oh, he's there. Oh, God. Yeah, it was just that tiny little okay. bit. I was like, I've seen this this particular bit millions of times in a film. Right. Fair enough. So, we are going to get into some theories that we've kind of read online. But when I came out of the film, my... Obviously, everyone's like, oh, Jordan Peele's films have got a meaning, they've got a meaning. If you don't want to explore the meaning, it'd have been a, a decent science fiction thriller film. Yeah. But I was obviously looking for a meaning. I find it impossible to watch a film without looking for a meaning, so... Exactly. But, I mean, some films, though, you think, oh, I don't need to look for... it. Like, some three-star, oh, that was entertaining. You don't think of it anymore as soon as you leave the cinema. You don't, don't you? do it. Well, some films you don't, Aww. do you? We've been in the car and said, I'm never going to think of that film ever again. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it didn't have a meaning. No, that doesn't. But this one, you're like, oh, let's unpack it. So, yeah. the reason I... All I thought was, the first meaning is, it's a film about exploiting things. Yeah. And exploitation. Um, and that was pretty much my first reaction. Yeah. What was yours? So I kind of got, I'm going to say, two-ish overarching things. So one was the pursuit of the money shot. They called it in this the Oprah shot because it's the, oh, yeah, the, kind of, yeah. the kind of footage that would get you on Oprah, I guess. Um and of the the main characters, so there were five of them, Emerald and OJ, 
needed to make a li- living and almost died trying to get the money shot. Mm-hmm. Um, Holt gave his life for his craft to get that thing on camera that nobody would ever or could ever get apart from in his situation in that very moment. Mm-hmm. Angel got so caught up in his UFO conspiracy that he nearly lost his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Yeun exploiting the UFO by baiting it. it led Which to, was interesting. Led to his own been... demise and the demise of his 40 spectators. And what's interesting about his character is he had been involved in a show, yes, as a kid, so he didn't know any better at that point, which exploited an animal and then grows up to kind of do the exact same thing in a way. Well, I think think because that moment where the monkey fist bumped him Mm. was the moment where he saw what I suppose you would call... it's better nature or it's better intention or like something humanizing in it yeah where it wasn't it was a wild animal yeah and i think what he saw in the ufo was it's better nature yeah and he humanized it and forgot that it doesn't care that he's giving it food it's just gonna eat when it's hungry Mm. yeah like anthropomorphized it yeah as we do with a lot of animals, yeah, to be fair. Exactly that. There was also... So a GQ writer said, this movie's about spectacle, more specifically our addiction to... I didn't to get to my spect- second one. Oh, sorry. Can I do that one first and then get to yours? Just because I was that in the well, middle of it. that was someone else's words. Hang on, but right. I'll say it. So, Nope is about holding up our addiction to spectacle... A nope is about holding a mirror up to all of us and our ability to look away from mm. drama and peril, which I thought is very clever because we d- we do sometimes get a bit obsessed with drama. Mm. You know, oh, just like, you know, like all the things on, on YouTube yeah. that are showing some horrible natural disaster. Or yeah, they're always yeah. got millions and millions of it. So there was that. And also, the it also comments on the erasure of black contributions to the history of filmmaking. Yeah. Which, in a literal sense, that cinematographer trying to run off with the footage is literal. Yeah. But also how they ran the ranch and they were the first black animal trainers in Hollywood yeah. and now their business is failing and all that kind of... So, love that, if that, if that is a true theme. Yeah. On to you, sorry. Yeah? Permission yeah. to proceed? Don't be like that. Yes. So, Fire away. was to respect the nature of beings and things or they're going to fight back if you start taking the piss. Mm. Um, and I thought that could be any kind of allegory for... A lot of stuff going on in the world at the moment. Absolutely, it could. Um, not just to bring my kind of climate change nerd into this, but we've not been respecting the planet for a while, and it's starting to fight back. Yeah. Mm. So that's why I take Intriguing. from... I take from things 
that talk about kind of negative consequences of mindless exploitation. exploitation. Yeah. And I slap a big fat climate change sticker on the front of it. Yeah. My turn? Yep. Jordan Peele also said that Nope was kind of partly inspired by COVID-19 lockdowns and what he quoted as the endless cycle of grim, inescapable tragedy, which is interesting. I mean, the whole film was grim and inescapable, so... Yeah, there is a bit about... So, during the film... when during, Not during the film, we're talking about the film. During the monkey scene at the mm. beginning, there is a shoe unexplainably just pointing upwards. Yeah. Um, and it's apparently an, it's an example of what they refer to later on in the film as a bad miracle. Bad miracle. Um, and it's, yeah, just weird that that was even in there. Like, what does it... It's an unexplainable nature. Like, it's unexplainable. And then he he then puts it in this museum he's got on the ranch. Which he also exploits because he lets people pay God knows how much money to stay overnight in this strange sort of almost shrine to the day disaster struck with the ape on the... Is it an ape? Is it, is it a chimpanzee yeah, an ape? Yeah, yeah. And you know we said about how he was he witnessed what Gordy did mm. and then grew up and was exploiting himself. They've kind of said that Park, the character... What's he called, Park? He's Some... called Ricky Park. Jube, Jube but his nickname's yeah. Jube. Kind of, he disguises his trauma from that incident quote, as a, somebody quoted under a veneer of capitalist hustle and humour. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is like the exact thing that... Yeah. He was involved in when he was younger. Yeah. So, all in all, that's all my notes. An absolutely fantastic I film. would go so far as to call it groundbreaking. You liked this more than his other films as well, didn't you? Yeah, and I really liked Get Out. I liked, but wouldn't call home about us. But this one, yeah. Knocked it out of the park as See, far as I'm concerned. See, for me, if I was going to rank these three films, it would go Get Out Top, Nope in the Middle, and then Us yeah. Below. Um, I feel like you might say this even edges Get Out. Oh, yeah. Go on, tell me how many stars you gave it. I gave this one four and a half. Four and a half? Just because of that last little bit where it lost me. It wasn't quite perfect for me. No, for me, it went straight to five and it stayed there. But as we're discovering with this podcast and with everything that we share on social media now, mm. you are a little bit more, you know... Generous. Generous with your fives. Yeah. So... I am. Yeah. Um, Please do, when you watch this film, message us about oh, any yeah. theories like this film promotes discussion and we'd love to hear from you about what your thoughts are what your theories are stuff that you've noticed yeah stuff that we've not spoken about it's definitely a film where i think you could watch it again and notice things that you didn't see the first time that's what i love because it means if a lot of people watch it once a lot of stuff is going to get noticed and people get to talk about it all yeah 
Um, it's currently still out in cinemas. This episode, when this episode goes out, it should yeah. still be on some cinemas. I would recommend seeing it on a bigger screen possible because it really lends itself to that cinematic experience. Definitely, but, particularly with the sound quality. Yeah. Unless you've got like a proper good like sound bar or something at home. Yeah, you won't get the full want, effect. You're gonna want yeah. to see this in the yeah. cinema. And um, but I have also seen this week that it will be available for digital downloads in sometime in September. So that is quite quick. And what I mean by that Excellent. is you can go on Amazon and rent it. You can go on Sky Store and rent it, all that kind of stuff. So it will be available for that to watch at home. Oh, thanks And that much. feedback was from one of our listeners, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Who said if we could kind of maybe put a bit of a bit more in the episode just to say where we can watch it where we do put watch. it in the show notes normally but you know we'll we'll kind of do highlight we? you've said you know I, sea beast is on netflix Prayers on ideas. disney plus yeah so, yeah yeah well that is all for this time if you have enjoyed this episode of gaze on film Please subscribe, rate, and comment on your podcast platform of choice. I got over it without tripping on the L's then. I'm proud of you. Don't forget also to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GazeOnFilmPod. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, particularly on this film. So please do feel free to drop us a message. It's all about building community and having conversation. And we'd love to get to know our listeners a bit better as well. I have been Ned. And I've been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.